Our passage for today is taken from the book of John, the Gospel of John. Uh, we're reading chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. You can find this in your Bibles, or you can use also your bulletins. Uh, it's printed there, chapter 12 of uh, the book of John, and we're reading verses 1 through 11. This is the Word of God. Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at table. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure narn, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment no soul for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He, says, he said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Jesus said, leave her alone so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you will always have with you, but you do not always have me. When the large crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came not only on account of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well, because on account of him, many of the Jews were coming away and believing in Jesus. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are before these words here that are in front of us. It's your revelation uh, that you use um, your people, prophets, and those you call to be your servants to uh, reveal to us. But we know that unless the Holy Spirit opened the eyes of our hearts, we can read these words and they will not have any meaning for us. It is your power that empowers us to read them and see the glory of Christ in them. We pray for those, Lord, who are reading them maybe for the first time. And for those who have read them many times and yet do not believe that you may give them the grace to understand them and see your glory in them. And we pray for all of us who have trust, trusted in you as our Lord and Savior because you have opened the eyes of our hearts that you will strengthen our faith. 
that as we continue worshiping you throughout this service, we will have even a greater understanding of why we are here. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. One question that, as we look at uh, these chapters of the book of John, the Gospel of John, and any of the other Gospels, and particularly these past passages that we've been studying together, one question that these uh, passages and these stories help us to answer is, um, why should we, or what should be, what should be a response to the glory of Christ? What should be a response to the glory of Christ? And I think that before even we, we consider that question, it is important that we understand what, it, what I mean by the glory of Christ, or what do we mean by the glory of Christ? And this is that Throughout the gospel, throughout Jesus' life and ministry, he revealed to those around him that he is God. That it is not just enough to think that Jesus is a good man, a a prophet, a good friend, a kind man, even a savior. It is not enough to believe all these things which are true, that we understand from the Word of God, but we also need to understand and believe that Jesus is God. And because we understand that, we will have a response to that statement that Jesus is God. Then what should be a response to the glory of Christ is something that I believe we've been looking at together from these past weeks as we consider this passage in which Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Because there are different people in this passage that respond in different ways to the glory of Christ. Even though it is very evident, it was evident to everyone right there when they saw Lazarus walking out of that tomb, that Jesus had power over life and death. That he was, as he himself said, the life or the resurrection and the life, yet not everybody in front of Jesus, in front of Lazarus, understood that Jesus was God, and therefore different people had different responses. And what I believe we can learn from these verses today in particular is is three things. One is how faith look at the glory of Christ. How faith look at the glory of Christ. Second, how unbelief look at the glory of Christ. How unbelief look at the glory of Christ. And third is how Christ looked at faith and unbelief. How Christ, Jesus Christ, looked at faith and unbelief. Well, let's start with the first one. How faith looked at 
the glory of Christ. Well, from previous verses, we learned that Jesus came to Bethany in response to the call of two sisters, Martha and Mary, who were very good friends of Jesus, who were the sisters of Lazarus who had died. And Jesus came after four days of Lazarus being buried on that tomb. And Jesus called Lazarus out of that tomb, and Lazarus came out of that tomb. And we know that as a result of that, many believe in Jesus. Many Jews who were there, who came to Bethany just to give words of comfort to Martha and Mary, saw the miracle, and many Jews believe in Jesus. But we also learned that some of the Jews went actually to the Pharisees to report to them what just had happened, not because they were amazed and they also believed, but because they, they also had problems with Jesus. And because of that, the religious leaders, the Pharisees, Sadducees, the Sanhedrin, which is the council of the religious leaders, uh, decided to kill Jesus, decided to get rid of Jesus. Why? Because they were afraid that more people would believe in Jesus. And because they didn't have answers to the people to explain how Jesus was able to do these kind of things. So they could not even deny the signs that Jesus was doing. They only wanted to kill him because more people were believing in Jesus. Then Jesus, because of that, withdraw from that area because they wanted to kill him and he will come just at the right time because Jesus came to give his life. He had a plan to give his life on the cross so that people could see him, believe in him, and be saved. But he will give his life when it was the right time. When he had appointed that he will give his life. And the time was getting close. You see in your passage, six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany. It is because in about a week, he will give his life for our salvation. Think about how important was that week for you and me today. That you are saved if you have belief in Jesus because on that week, Jesus gave, gave his life so that we could be saved. And where did he come? He come to a town that is two miles from Jerusalem. That town is Bethany. The place where Lazarus was. The town of Lazarus. The place where he raised Lazarus from the dead. Then you will see right away, right away there how faith look at the glory of Christ. What faith? The faith of those who saw the sign and believed that Jesus was God. 
that Jesus was glorious, that they should worship him, that they should follow him. Did they have a full understanding of who Jesus was? Not yet. They continue to understand that as Jesus goes to the cross, as he dies, as he comes back from the dead, as he is raised, lifted up, and goes to heaven. They continue to develop that understanding of Jesus being God. But you see from the response of some in this town, how faith look at the glory of Christ. The first thing that you see is that they gave a dinner for him there in Bethany. They gave a dinner for him in Bethany. You will say that faith responds with hospitality. They were hospitable to Jesus because they have seen that he brought back to life Lazarus. Now think about how risky was that to give a public dinner for Jesus in Bethany. We heard from previous verses that there was a plot to kill Jesus and the religious leaders have said that if you heard about him or knew where he was, you were, you were called to report to them where he was so that they could kill him. But what did the people in Bethany do? Which, by the way, we don't know who, who are they. Uh, if we read um, a similar account, the same account from Mark, Matthew, we know that this is happening in the house of Simon the leper. Um, maybe a, a Simon who was healed by Jesus from leprosy. Um, so we don't know exactly uh, who are they, but it is probably that household that is offering that dinner to Jesus. They are doing that because they rejoiced on what they saw. Lazarus was a member of their community, and they saw the glory of Christ. Yes, they were happy about Lazarus. They were happy about their friend, Lazarus who is alive, but they were even more happy about knowing that Christ, that God has come, that the Messiah, the Savior, the Son of God has arrived because that was good news. That was great news. Faith responds to the glory of Christ with hospitality. You see that there. And I would say not just when we think about Jesus and what they were doing to welcome Jesus, but, but you see that even in the Christian community, as we welcome one another, we're motivated to welcome in our homes people we cause we know that we are united by our Lord Jesus Christ. This is how faith look at the glory of Christ. Also, faith responds to the glory of Christ in service. We see that right after John tells us that, he says, Martha served. And I think that he just said that because he will know that if we read the Gospels, we'll know who is Martha. Martha, the sister of Lazarus, the one that was 
so concerned about many things. I was serving and serving and serving. And even went to complain to Jesus that Mary wasn't as serving as much as she was serving. That was Martha's personality. That was Martha's character. But God was using Martha's character and personality for the service of God's kingdom. Remember at that moment when there was that situation between the two sisters, Martha and Mary, Jesus had to correct Martha, rebuke Martha because of what she was doing. But here there is no that because Martha is growing and is understanding that she is in the presence of the one she confessed to be the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who was to come, Jesus Christ. So a response to the glory of Christ is serviced. And she served. The same response have we have as believers today. We see the glory of Christ and we are motivated to serve the Lord. And how do you serve the Lord? By serving God's people. You are serving the Lord by serving God's people. Another response you see to the glory of Christ here is fellowship. Then you have, they gave him a dinner, Martha is serving, and what is Lazarus doing? Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at table. Think about how many questions or, or desire of Lazarus he had to have conversation with Jesus. Jesus was the one who brought him back to life. Not sure in which part of the table he was, but I think that probably very close to Jesus. Is Bethany, the place where he was raised? He was resurrected, and then he is there with his Lord, who gave him life again, and who gave him new life. What was he doing? He was reclining with him at table. He was having fellowship with the Lord. And then remember that situation between Martha and Mary. When Martha complained about Mary, Mary, who was just seated there listening to Jesus, actually Jesus said she had chosen the best portion. What was that portion? Fellowship with Jesus. Listening to Jesus. And think about the balance in our life as Christians. We offer hospitality. We, we serve the Lord. But how important it is that we recline with the Lord at the table as well. That when we come on Sundays to worship, we're not coming only to, to thinking that all we do here is work, 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 serve, serve, serve. And we, we don't have fellowship with Jesus and with God. We come to enjoy his presence. That's the end of man. To glorify his name and to enjoy his presence forever. Jesus didn't want Martha to be overwhelmed by the many things that she had to do that she would not enjoy being with Jesus. 
And Lazarus was doing the right thing. And Martha was doing the right thing. They were both responding the right way to the glory of Christ. One served, the other enjoyed the fellowship of the Lord. But how about Mary? Think about this. This passage is about Bethany, Martha, Lazarus, and Mary. Three responses. Mary, therefore, verse 3, took a pound of expensive ointment, which is about 300 denarii. We are we're told um, by whom? By Judas. And 300 denarii, a, a day of work will be one denarii. We're talking about 300 days of work. It will be a year of work. The value of that ointment, that perfume, which is pure nard. It is no mixed with water and other things. It's pure, very expensive. And what she does is that she breaks it and anoint Jesus' feet. And if we learn from the other tests or from the other Gospels, Mark and Matthew, you will see that Jesus was anointed from his head down. We get here to his feet. And it is because she knows that she is in front of the Lord. Was she wealthy? We don't know. Was this the most precious thing that they had in their household is pro- probably a, a possibility. But she understood that Jesus valued more than anything else. And people would use this kind of ointment in a celebration. And this will be poured out in the head of the individual. But here she goes down to wipe his feet with her hair. Think about all the things that that Martha is doing here. We we are seeing that there is hospitality as a response to the glory of Christ, service, fellowship. Now we we see here offering. She's offering probably the best that she has, financially speaking. But she's offering her heart when she's doing that for Jesus. She's even using her hair to wipe Jesus' feet. What you see there also is love and humility. There is great humility in what Martha is doing. Great humility in giving all she has, go down to Jesus' feet and wipe his feet with her hair. There is great adoration. Remember a few weeks I've been telling you that as we come together here and worship, we look at that example of Mary who did this. She does this out of love. And when you come and you worship God, you are worshiping God, motivated by your love for God. You love God so much that you want to worship him. It is not a ritual. It is not a mechanical thing that we do. It's not just a responsibility. Remember that 
The aim of man is to worship him and enjoy his presence forever, which means that the end is the greatest enjoyment in life for all of us should be to worship God. But there is also great understanding in what she is doing. In fact, some commentarians, including James Boyce, believe based on the words of Jesus, leave her alone so that she might keep it for the day of my burial, that probably probably Mary knew more than anybody in this room what was about to happen with Jesus in a week. It was the understanding that, yes, he raised Lazarus, but he is going to die on the cross to give me salvation. That she understood that. And she, as she used that ointment, very expensive ointment, and wiped Jesus' feet. Only if Lazarus and anybody around there, because if you read the other Gospels, it is not just Lazarus, the one who is wondering, is this is too expensive? Let's use it for something else. It's maybe other disciples. Only if they understood that this is the most important moment in the history of humanity. When Jesus goes to the cross, they will have said, 300 denarii? That's nothing. How faith look at the glory of Christ. Hospitality, service, fellowship, offering, love, adoration, humility, understanding. All these play a role in looking at the glory of Christ with faith. Will move you to respond to the glory of Christ in all these ways. Now how about unbelief? How unbelief look at the glory of Christ? Well, first of all, we look at Judas, Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples. He who was about to betray him in a week. Judas. What does he do? He questioned what Mary is doing. You can see there that there is great ignorance. He doesn't know what Mary is doing. He doesn't understand. I would say there is even great disrespect from Judah's part. Think about this. 30 pieces of silver. That's how much Judas got from selling Jesus. That's about 120 denarii. So Judas thought that Jesus' body value was only 120 denaries. That explains why he thought that 300 was too much to put on Jesus' head and feet as he wiped, as she wiped Jesus' feet with her hair. There is also malice. Think about this. John revealed to us from the test that that Judas is the one who will betray him. It is not that he changed his mind by the end of the week. 
it is that his mind was corrupt from before, even at that moment, he would have been ready to betray Jesus. Not just that, he was a thief. His concern was not real for the poor. He only cared about, wow, 300 denarii there, gone. How much could have I done with that money? This is how unbelief, look at the glory of Christ. Think about that for a moment. That's Christ, God incarnate, who created everything that exists in front of him, who have given evidence in so many ways, not just through Lazarus' uh, resurrection, but through many signs, who has spoken as no, no one has ever spoken before, and yet Lazarus could not see the glory of Christ. That explains what Jesus said to Martha. If you believe, you will see the glory of Christ. It is not that you see the glory of Christ to believe. It is that the first thing that you need to have in order to see the glory of Christ is believed. How so? Jesus said to Nicodemus, and I bring this again and again and again. Nicodemus, you need to be born again in order to see and enter the kingdom of God. Think about this. You are here today, and if you are a believer, you were not there with Jesus when Jesus raised Lazarus, but you have more faith today than Lazarus and all the Religious leaders who couldn't believe, even though you didn't see it with your eyes. Why? Because you have a gift. It's faith. You believed. It was given to you. You trust in Jesus because he has empowered you to trust in him. So how does unbelief look at the glory of Christ? Just like Judas so you should not be surprised when people reject the gospel, when you share the gospel, or when the world rejects the gospel, when they hear it, because you need to have that gift in order to see Christ for who he is. Lastly, how does Christ look at faith and unbelief? Well, first look at Jesus answered to Judas, Leave her alone, so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you will always have with you, but you do not always have me. First of all, um, that part that Jesus says that she might keep it for the day of my burial, it's a little bit difficult to understand. Because she already... Pour out the ointment. What does Jesus mean to keep it for my burial? Well, what I understand and others understand is that what Jesus means here is that she have 
preserve this for this moment. And therefore, he's saying, Jesus saying to Judas, she's doing the right thing. She saved this for this moment that is pointing to my burial, that the moment when I was, that I would die, therefore, she's doing the right thing. So how does Jesus respond to belief? He affirms what Mary is doing. He encouraged what Mary is doing. He supports what Mary is doing. And also I would say that he even expands Mary's understanding. That's why if you have faith, you will grow in faith. But if you have not, you will not grow in faith. Jesus built upon what Mary already had, which is faith in him. And the disciples and us understands later what Jesus means here. Once Jesus died on the cross and is raised, they get to understand. And as others say, likely Mary got it right. She understood what was happening here. But think about how Jesus responds to Lazarus' unbelief. Leave her alone. So in a sense, you can hear this as a rebuke, right? Leave her alone. She's doing the right thing. Just leave her alone. But at the same time, you can see that Jesus is not disturbed and he's not like upset. Now he's going to go to Lazarus and say, I know that you are the one who is going to betray me. And I know that you are the one who is the thief. And you are just thinking about stealing the money and, 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 and not saying, you, you're, you're saying that you care about the poor. He didn't do that. He said, for the poor you will always have with you, but you do not have always, but you do not always have me. Do you know to whom he was talking here? He wasn't talking to Judas. He was talking to his disciples. Because he knew that Judas didn't care about the poor. So he did not let Judas to ruin this amazing moment. In a sense, he chose rebuke and ignore the noise of Judas. There will be a moment when he will confront Judas in front of his disciples. But at that moment, he didn't do it because he was concerned about his disciples, about Mary, and us. I think that that sets an example for us that this is how Jesus looked at unbelief and responds to unbelief that we are not supposed to get all worked out about what's going on with people who do not believe, but focus on preaching the gospel. Because we understand that the ones God has appointed to believe they will believe by the power of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now in closing, brothers and sisters, you are here today in response to the glory of Christ. We are here today in response to the glory of Christ. We have come together, moved by our love for Jesus because 
Jesus has revealed to us in our hearts what he has done. Therefore, we have come together to worship him. To serve him. To have fellowship with him. To express our love and our adoration. And to show our understanding and grow in our understanding of who he is. That's why we are here together today. Because we are responding to the glory of Christ. And we together, as one body, we pray together for anyone who have not yet received the great blessing of knowing who Jesus is. We pray that you, whoever you are, may see the glory of Christ. So that you may worship him. So that you may fulfill the very purpose of your existence. To worship God and enjoy his presence forever. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you in your grace um, have given us faith to believe in you and see your glory. See the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ in all he did from his incarnation through his death and resurrection. And we praise your name for that. You are alone, the only one who deserved all glory and honor. Help us, Lord, to worship you with that understanding. Help us, Lord, to grow in that understanding. And we together as one church, we pray, Lord, for those who still don't know you, that you may send to them the Holy Spirit so that they might see your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.